Welcome to Best Friend Simulator, a quality hangout in podcast form with your simulated best friends, Josh and Dennis. So, Josh, I'm very excited. I got your gift in the mail. My gift. Thank you so much for sending this to me. Yeah, man. For, I hope you love it. For Krimbus. Yeah. I'm going to open it now. Yeah, tell me what you think. I love that you sent a wrapped present in the mail with just my name on it, and it got to me. I'm old school. You are old school. What? Oh, you shouldn't have. What is it? Hold on. It's just a bunch of crumpled up pieces of paper. Hold on, like... I gotta unravel them. Come on, I didn't send you Werther's Originals here. No, it's... It's a bunch of emails from our fans saying that you should get rid of me. (laughs) But you crumbled them up to show me that you didn't think it was true. It's true. I, I, what do you think? You gonna, you gonna quit? Wait, hold on. Wait, why? Why would I quit? Oh no, I was just curious. Uh, Are you thinking about quitting? Maybe. Oh, you piece of shit! This was all a clever ruse. No, it wasn't anything of the sort. Well, open up your present. I'm, I don't want to talk about my present anymore. Okay. This sounds like we're opening user uh, listener mail. Yeah, it's. I'm definitely not just ripping up a piece of paper. Come on, don't. Oh, you shouldn't have, Dennis. What do you think? It's great. It's a silver pinhead action figure. Yeah, it's what you always wanted. (laughs) I've always wanted this. Uh, McFarlane toys. Silver pinhead action figure. Yeah. Yeah, it was either that or Robert Cop, but uh, I couldn't get uh, my hands on one of those. I wish I got Robert Cop. This present sucks. Yeah, well, you you got a toy, <laughs> and I just got a reminder of how much people don't like me after all these conversations. That's not true. However, we did hear from uh, friend and listener Keegan. That's true. He likes my butt talk. Yeah, you know what, though? (laughs) Let's be honest. He thinks we're really funny. He does. And he would like whatever we're talking about. Not that he has bad taste, but I'm just saying, like, you know, he's going to defend us. As well he should. He's a dedicated listener. Potentially a time traveler. But I'm I'm saying I don't think he's going to criticize you. Like I, would. I mean, he could—he could have just not said anything. Hmm. Hmm. But he went out of his way to say it. So thank you, Keegan. I think he just wanted to get mentioned on the program. Well, that doesn't take much. It's, tr- it's true. <laughs> we get one email every month, so if you email us, it's <laughs> guaranteed we will talk about you on the show. We will definitely talk about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Josh, it's uh, the end of the year. I that think it is. Listeners would be h- hearing this a couple days before 
New Year's. And it always makes me think about the end of my life. Is it just now you think about that? I'm dying at the end of the year. Ooh. But do I get to plan your funeral? You know, I I sometimes think about what would be at my funeral, but I would like to hear what you would plan for my funeral. Um, I would probably have a bunch of recordings of you talking. Mm. And I would remotely trigger them from inside of your coffin. Dude, that was my idea for when I get buried. Did I tell you this? <laughs> no. So... I would set up some kind of like motion activated speaker system. And so when people walked by my coffin, they would hear, hey, hey, let me out of here. Let me out of here. I think it would be a great prank. I would have mine modified to do uh, sounds from those little keychain things. Okay. Back in the 90s, I said, eat shit, eat shit, fucking jerk, fucking jerk. So when somebody walks by your, your, uh, your cemetery plot, they would just get insulted. Eat shit, fucking jerk. Wait, would it be the actual keychain, or would it be your voice saying it? That'd probably be the actual keychain. <laughs> Perfect. Not confusing oh, at all. I wish I still had that. But I always, I always think that I deserve to be celebrated, and my funeral would be no different. So, I'd have a number of things set up. First of all, uh, just like the Bone Thugs and Harmony video, see you at the crossroads. There would be a, a a large man with a trench coat and no shirt underneath. I would have him. I would have someone set to hire this person, <laughs> and that they would walk up to my body and just touch it, and then just walk out and not say a word to anybody. I would probably try to fight him. Well, he'd be really big, and he'd brush you off. I would try to fight that guy if i knew he was taking your soul like you give my fucking friend back no but maybe i you know well also now that i know about this plan that's why i'm gonna bring a sword to your (laughs) your funeral i'm gonna have metal detectors at my funeral Ooh, you know what i'm gonna do let's hear it i'm gonna bring a a laser pointer and shine it right in your eyes in my dead eyes (laughs) yes why would you do that because it's something I would never let you do in life. <laughs> yes. Um, I've also thought about hiring uh, someone to, some a total stranger to come in and just weep uncontrollably at a very loud volume, which apparently you can do on Craigslist. I mean, it, it, isn't that a custom in other parts of the world? Sure. There are people who are like professional mourners. Oh, wait. No, I didn't. I don't know that. I thought you meant it was a custom to cry openly at funerals. I was like, sure, I think so. Yeah, that's... No, I'm pretty sure, and I, I have no facts or anything to back it up. But okay, I've, good. I've, I'm positive I've heard that there are... I'll look into this, but there there are other... In other parts of the world, there are definitely people that come to other people's funerals. I think hiring a person that would seem out of place in my life would be good, or an entire group of people. Like a whole bus of senior citizens. That would be cool. Some, like, train hopping crust punks. Yeah. I'll just bust in, crying. Spanging. Hand rolling cigarettes. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dogs fighting. What would be at your funeral? Uh, I'm going to be getting thrown into a volcano, so everybody would need to have, like, a, a heat-resistant suit. I'm sorry? Is that how you're going to die, or how you're going to get cremated? Nah, just fucking throw my body into a volcano and just watch it burn up. 
Can you do that? I mean, can you go, can you take somebody's body to an island with a volcano and just throw it in? You could do anything if your heart's set on it. I don't know if that's true. I don't think that's how laws work. But uh, come on, but come on, officer, my heart was really set on this. It's his last wish. I have a feeling that if you slip enough money to a small island community that has a volcano, like, somewhere, like, they'll let you do it. Probably. Like, maybe not Hawaii, but maybe somewhere in, like, Indonesia. Okay. Is that a weird thing to say? I think it is. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to figure out exactly why that's weird, but it, yeah, it sounds weird. Hmm. Yeah, it sounded weird to me, but I'm not sure why either. Uh, I didn't mean it in any weird way. I just meant, like, you know, sometimes... Okay, how about this? I'll take out the small island community and say, I'm sure if you slip someone enough money, they'll let you throw whatever you want into an active volcano. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure if you... Met some park rangers in in Hawaii and were like, look, here's a thousand bucks. Why don't you just walk away? Why don't you go get some lunch? And then me and like 20 of your closest friends just toss you into a volcano. (laughs) What if it splashes? What if you splash when you hit and like we get hit with molten lava? That's why I want it to happen. I'm taking you guys with me. You fucker. You would. Nah, because then we would all wake up and have been transported to lava world. I'm sorry? Where we'd be heroes fighting the lava men. Oh, boy. It always comes down to lava world and lava men with you, doesn't it? That's how all those, like, 60s and 70s fantasy novels worked. Some dude, like, dies in World War II and then wakes up in some fantasy world. That's how all of them are? I mean, a lot of them. That was a pretty common trope. Interesting. So that's what I always envisioned my life being like at the end. Hmm. It's just, you know, the next step on a great journey. And then you go to heaven. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Which is why I need to get your soul back from that fucker that shows up at your funeral. Because we're going to go to heaven together? Yeah. Have you listened to this podcast? Fight lava Jesus. Have you listened to this podcast? We're not going to heaven. We're going to heaven. Trust me. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Fuck, that reminds me of, of a story that I should share with listeners. Uh, one of my favorite Philadelphia stories, and I have a lot, but this is <laughs> one of my very favorite. Uh, I was at the post office, the one on South Street, mm-hmm. not the Southwark one. So I was getting expedient, friendly service. <laughs> right. You weren't. You weren't being punished for some other sins. I was not. Yeah. I was standing in line. There was an old woman in front of me, and in front of her, there was a, a young mother and her daughter who was maybe four years old, five years old. And the woman leans down and with a, a, a very strong German accent says to the little girl, you're going to heaven. I can tell. What the fuck? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The woman and the little girl were not related. They were not. Okay. What did the woman look like? Do you remember? Old, old German lady. Like very old or? She was pretty old. Hmm. I'd say she was probably in, like, her 70s. Because I ran into a woman at a convenience store once who I, I explained this woman to someone, uh, to our friend Zia, and she said, oh, that's the bubble lady. Oh, um, yeah, the bubble, no, the bubble fairy. The bubble fairy, wait, so this was She around the corner from my house. That's right, from our house. Oh, yeah, that's right, we live together. You asshead. <laughs> and then when I moved away, you never visited me. I lived far. Two blocks. I know, you're like, two, two blocks. blocks. Two blocks. The bubble fairy saw a group of teenagers and said, Oh, 
what an interesting t-shirt. And I don't know what the t-shirt was, but she was just very fascinated. Uh, and she was in New Mats, which was the little convenience mm-hmm. store right down the street from our house. That was when that happened. Okay, yeah. And she said to one of the little boys, I'm the Bubble Fairy. What's your name? And the kid looked at her and went, I'm Rick James, bitch. That's my story. Why are you stealing it? That was part of the story. I wasn't finished. Also, some inside dirt on the Bubble Fairy. She used to come into the coffee shop where I worked. Mm. And my boss hated her because she would never buy anything. And she would go downstairs and take stinky, stinky shits. Oh. <laughs> What's up with the bubble fairy? I don't know. So the bu- but, but the bubble fairy question, was not the German lady at the post office. Creepy German lady was not the bubble fairy. So let's take a couple steps back here. Okay. Why am I going to trust you that I'm going to heaven? Cuz you said I, I you said you're going to heaven, trust me. How do you know? I know you. And I talked to Lava Jesus about it recently. Oh, what's up with Lava? What is it? Where is this coming from? What's Lava Jesus? What's wrong with you? He's the Jesus of the lava world that we're going to go to when we die. Just you That's... and I, or are there other people there? Eh, other people might come with us. I think our friend Dave. <laughs> Me, you, and Dave are going to be going are going to go to lava world when we die. Yeah. Huh. You do to fight okay? lava monsters. Josh. Josh. What's up? You doing okay? I'm not. What's Jamie's on? out of town. <laughs> I knew I knew this had something to do with that. <laughs> I get We talked about this on the podcast earlier. I get real fucking weird when Jamie's out of town. Yeah, I can tell. Been thinking about a lot about lava Jesus. Uh, full of lentils and spinach. Oh man, what a mess. <laughs> I'm a fucking mess. And when you said it's we, like, I'm, I'm going to Lava World soon. When you said we were talking about this earlier on the podcast, that was last episode. Please don't reveal to the to this to the audience that we recorded that two days ago. They're gonna get all thrown off. No. Shit. Shit. Damn it. Weekly. It's podcast. after Christmas, Dennis, and a few days before New Year's. Yeah, I had a great time uh, at Christmas. I got everything I wanted, and I got your gift in the mail. The gifts. The Santas. What a great, what, what a great time! The Elf on Shelf. <sighs> welcome the to Leprechaun. best. Welcome to Best Friend Simulator. We'll be talking more about Lava Jesus. I'm sure. <laughs> I might bring him back up. I'm sure you will. So, some follow up from the last episode. Uh, we had some questions about those alien alloys. Yeah. So. Other people were, because we were, yeah, we were talking about it, and we were like, you know, they just kind of glance over these alloys. (laughs) Yeah, so we were talking about the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, and about how they were, like, renovating buildings in Nevada to house alien, oh, uh, the company modified buildings in Las Vegas for the storage of metal alloys and other materials that the, uh, the program contractor said had been recovered from unidentified aerial phenomena. But then the article went no further to explain what these alloys were. So yeah. there's an article on uh, the concourse, which is um, part of uh, Jezebel, like all those like little um, 
collection of blogs and the name of the article was uh someone explained to me the alien alloys before i fucking explode this is why i kind of appreciate those um yeah so and this person tom lay who wrote this article was like same basically the same question that we had how are we not talking about this yeah like how they just gonna drop that in the article and just leave it as it stands uh, there's a video on this on this article of one of the authors of the New York Times piece on MSNBC reiterating that the United States government cannot determine what these alloys are. That's nuts. Yep. So there's some building with definite alien alloys, maybe, in Nevada. <laughs> we gotta get there and check that shit out. <gasps> road trip. Yes. Best Friend Simulator on the road. Yeah, we need to come up... So, other than the Best Friend Simulator convention, we need to come up with a Best Friend Simulator road trip map. As soon as we find where this building is in Nevada, we'll add it to the map. And we need sponsors so that we can quit our jobs and do this full time. (gasps) Oh, man. It's the dream, baby. We're finally hitting the big time, theoretically. Yo, get at me, Nature Box. I'll I'll sleep on a free Lisa mattress. I don't care. This, this joke really has legs. I feel like we make it every other episode. Yeah. Um. Uh, Squarespace. We got to come up with some. See, I think we got to we got to come up with some like uh like a sizzle reel of all of our best bits, and then us reading copy to show that mm-hmm. we can read because advertisers love that. That's helpful. Hmm. And no butt talk. And then we'll we'll be gold. <sighs> That's going to be hard. I don't... Oh, sorry. We forgot the most important part. Uh, 9,590 more listeners. No. 9,950 more listeners. Yeah. So tell your friends and your cousins and your cousins' friends. Yeah, guys. If you could s- just share the podcast with a good... 9,950 yeah, of your, your closest friends and loved ones so that we can get out there and find out what the fuck is up with these alloys. We're, we're doing and this. If I, could, I just, if I can weld them together. I just punched myself in the leg and didn't really make a noise. We're doing this for you guys. Yeah, guys. It, it, we don't want to go on a road trip and quit our jobs. I've been across the country like 10 times. And I'll tell you what, and if we don't have this opportunity... I don't. I hate to to scare you guys, but you know we might be going to La Venus, Jesus, a little sooner than you think. No, we're no. The listeners are going to hell. Oh, that's how they do that. Okay. They tell listeners that they're going to hell. What are we talking about right now? Um, we're threatening our listeners because we're trying to milk them for money. I think it was pretty. I think it was pretty clear what we're doing here. <laughs> so we could quit our jobs uh-huh. and go find out about these storehouses with alien alloys. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I, d- I just wanted to touch base with you, make sure we were yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. on the same page. Got it. I like how the road trip will be like, I don't know, three days. We meet in Nevada. We find the building. We say, hey, can we get in there? And they're like, no. And we go home. <laughs> what are we going to break in? What am I going to run from or to something? Come on. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Anyway, we Dennis, we went off topic. Go ahead, Josh. You know what? I think it's time for. Uh-oh. Well, first, uh, some corrections. So, we discussed on the John Teeter episode a ways back that 
there was speculation about who was responsible for it. And I, I said that there was a guy named Joseph Matheny who was listed as one of the people that it could potentially be. But I said, I didn't think that was possible because I feel like he would be upfront about it. Uh, turns out I was completely wrong. And he actually has claimed to be one of the sources. Like he and a few of his friends were behind it all. Like they know John Titor? No, like they are John Titor. Titor, too, Titer. he says. Mm. Titor. So confused. So who traveled through time? Well, you know, I mean, John Titor. Oh, so there is a John Titor. But there, there's an interview with him on uh, the Project Archivist podcast where he, he talks about the whole thing. And it was pretty compelling and, and very informative. So I think that's a good thing to check out after you, if you, you know, go back and re-listen to our John Titor episode. Because hmm. it's pretty cool. And when, when was this podcast on? Um, I don't remember. It was a while back, though. So I was just speaking from a place of ignorance oh this is this is like years back i never do that so but joe Matheny is actually the topic of today's justin's chaos dimension oh man although if you put it on paper it looks like we've done so many different segments because every time you change the name of one yeah Dog, I'm just trying to, to lure in the sponsors. Oh, they're going like, to... Oh, they've got a really diverse show here. Who's this sponsor? That is... Uh, Quicker. Oh, God. Oh, Quicker. God. What's a... Come on. Just any company. Sammy Squarespace. God damn it. You couldn't even come up with a fake something. It's got... So Sammy Squarespace. So that's who that was. So Squarespace is. I'm assuming this is the CEO of Squarespace. Founder. Oh, and founder and CEO Sammy Squarespace. Yeah. Squarespace. Squarespace not being just a collection of words, but an actual last name of a family. Yes, mm, I see. Anyway, he was uh, an Italian guy, and when his grandparents immigrated here mm-hmm. uh, their name was square Spaccio. and it was you know kind of americanized is there a sane person out there i could do a podcast with you wouldn't have fun if it was with the sane person it's true i didn't mean that but they talk about oh let's talk about mortgage today <laughs> so your idea of what regular sane people talk about is mortgages that's what I hear normal people talk about all the time. I did talk with a coworker today about getting an accountant, so you might be right. Yeah, see? You fucking normie. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm over here thinking about Ong's hat. Ooh, what the hell's Ong's hat? Ooh. Even though I know. Uh, do you... Okay, I was going to ask if you knew anything about this, but well, you know, the answer is that. I know what we've talked about, and I know that the last time I was in the woods in New Jersey, I tried to find it, kind of. But tell us more. It's there, yeah. Uh, well, for starters, Ong's Hat is an actual place in the Pine Barrens of southern New Jersey, which is where I grew up and where Dennis spent most of his childhood, the, the formative years of his childhood. Whatever, dog. He gets mad because he moved to Jersey from Philly and, and claims that he's from I Philly. I was born in Philadelphia and lived there until I was 12. I think that's pretty close. 
So anyway, Ong's Hat, it, it got its name because at some point in the distant past, there was a gentleman who lived there named Ong. Ong was a, a pretty popular last name in the Pine Barrens back in the day. And he, I think, angered a young lady that he was at a dance with so much that she snatched his hat off his head and threw it up into a tree. And it remained there for years and years. And then the settlement that that grew around that area became known as Ong's Hat. So that's that. But I'll get into the significance in a second here. So sometime in the early 90s, Joseph Metheny posted a book catalog that he allegedly found via friends of his that were also interested in like kind of weird fringe topics as well. He posted about this on some bulletin board systems and uh, I think a site called The Well, which is one of like the oldest kind of social media sites. This catalog was called the Incunabula Papers. And Incunabula, I believe, is something like a cocoon, if I'm not mistaken. So this catalog lists a handful of books and has descriptions for them. And they're all connected in some way to this group of scientists and hippies that were located in Ong's Hat, New Jersey, in the late 60s. The books, which were a mix of pulp science fiction, books on chaos theory, quantum physics, Sufi mysticism, extra-dimensional travel, and wilderness survival, all offered small fragmented pieces of a story of the Ong's Hat ashram. An ashram is a an Indian term for a heritage or hermitage or a monastery. So it, it kind of hinted at a a much deeper story about this group. So basically the story that sprang up around this was that there was a a group of renegade hippie scientists led by a mysterious figure Mm -hmm. named K. Saharawardi. They formed a club that met deep in the Pine Barrens at the site of Ong's Hat. This group was called the Garden of the Forked Path. The Garden of the Forked Path experimented with chaos theory and quantum physics and in time developed a way to travel to other worlds via a device called the egg. Yeah. I got a question. I don't think I've ever heard the term a group of renegade hippie scientists yes. before. Well, these guys were all from Princeton and were all kind of cuz I I mean like if you if you look at like late 60s early 70s there were a lot of physicists like this. I think like uh Mm-hmm. Richard Feynman is one of them and you know a lot of people who were kind of out there hippies who were deeply involved in quantum physics and stuff so this was like sort of taken from that so they built this thing called the egg and if you scroll down you'll see that I included a picture of the egg oh let me take a look I love pictures uh, okay. so the egg as described in the literature is a large egg-shaped vessel that was part computer part living crystal virus and dna and also quote unquote naked quantum stuff the egg was used to manipulate occupants brainwaves via electrostimulation drugs sexual stimulation and meditation and when successful the occupant could open a door to another world and travel there i've always wanted to get into naked quantum stuff well this is this seems like the, the thing for you then yes it should also be noted that two occupants could travel together in one of these eggs if they engage in what's known as the double yolk, i.e. fucking. Mm, in the egg. In the egg, yeah. Mm. So the thing about the egg is that only sentient matter can travel through it. So travelers arrive at their destination much like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator 2, buck-ass naked with... And one. Oh yeah, and one. That's right. Yeah, so... Basically, this group found a mirror image of Earth, kind of like a parallel world, which they dubbed Earth 2, that was very similar to ours, except human beings never developed there. 
This group was also in touch with other groups performing similar activities around the world. Uh, a lot of them were known as travel cults. There was an Indonesian group called Jabar Ibn Hayyan, which was named after an ancient Sufi mystic, I believe. And these, these folks discovered a parallel Java containing a giant abandoned stone city, which were consistent with tales of an, of an ancient Sufi mystic who claimed to have found a city called Herkwalia. 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 That's what it is. So this the, this group from the Angsha Ashram also allegedly encountered other beings in their travels into other parallel worlds that were humanoid, but clearly branched from something like a lemur. Okay. Yeah, which I think ha- has something to do with ancient Lemurians, perhaps. Mm. And these creatures mastered the ability to world hop without the use of technology. Uh, and there are speculations that these guys came from Herquelia, like this was initially their city. So the thing about these guys was that they also had enemies. There was a secret cabal of drug trafficking cultists who were also experimenting with extra-dimensional travel. They were funded by 1970s Silicon Valley hackers and drug lords with connections to the Discordian Illuminati. This group, known as the Probability Control Force, could not achieve the same level of success in their experiments as the GFP and began hunting them down. Uh, It's speculated that at least two members were killed as the result of this. So in time, the Garden of the Forked Path decided it was time to escape the reach of the Probability Control Force and left our world permanently, setting up shop in a vast pine forest in another world and are basically experimenting with dimensional travel and living lives equivalent to those of Paleolithic flintnappers. There's a lot of stuff in those paragraphs that I don't understand. Let me start. Secret cabal of drug trafficking cultists... The probability control force is just a weird name for a group. And what is a Paleolithic flint napper? It's basically Paleolithic is a, an earlier era mm-hmm. in which humans existed. And flint napper means your technology was flint tools. And flint napping mm-hmm. is a way of creating like a flint knife or something by knocking a rock against a piece of flint and chipping it away so that you can make like a spearhead or a knife or some kind of sharp implement. I thought you were just trying to curse without using curse words. Like, those mummy flippin' flint nappers. <laughs> no, but I will in the future now. <laughs> Please do, thank you. So, basically, the story of the Ung's Hat Ashram spread wildly throughout the internet. You know, the Incanabula Papers was posted all over the place on FTP servers, you know, spread freely in, like, peer-to-peer file-sharing systems and stuff. And kind of became a pretty popular internet legend. Um, I think I encountered this back in the 90s and was super fascinated by it, mainly because it was based in the Pine Barrens. And I have a deep, deep love for the Pine Barrens of New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also because it's just fucking bonkers. And it was just such a great example of weird shit you could find on the internet. You know, like back in the 90s, it was when I was first getting on the internet and just delving deep into weird shit. And this is one of the weirdest things I found. So yeah, I was deeply in love with this story was actually working it into a novel that I was writing at some point. But then I discovered that in 2001, Joseph Nathaney came forward and told the truth behind Ong's hat. Uh, It was all a hoax cooked up by himself and three other friends who created the whole thing as a sort of a living game. uh, What would down the line become known as a, an ARG or an alternate reality game. And it was kind of an experiment also to see how far they could spread the story online. Just kind of, you know, transmedia interactive fiction. 
kind of. Mm-hmm. And his his goal with it was it it's a game where you can contact characters in the game. So I think you could send an email because this book, which I, I highly, highly, highly recommend, the Incanabula Papers, or also it's known as Ong's Hat, The Beginning, is just a really awesome, well-written thing. And it's it was clearly inspired by things like High Weirdness by Mail. Have you heard of that? I haven't. It's a book that came out in the late 80s that was basically this dude collected a bunch of mail-order fringe material pamphlets and assorted writings and just made a a catalog of sorts so that you could actually write to the the people with all this stuff Mm. and also at the time i remember i had in high school the lumpanics catalog oh yeah another thing like that so this was sort of a a fake version of that and all of these books were like given like little write-ups and everything but they all tied back to this Ong's hat phenomena in some way. Some of the books were actually real and some of them were fabricated whole cloth. So you had people online like trying to figure this out, trying to locate these books, trying to find information about the Ong's hat ashram and everything. It was a super fascinating thing. But hmm. Matheny actually came forward in 2001 after 9-11 because a lot of the, the key players in this Ang's Hat mythology who cooked up were connected to radical Islam. And he was feeling some type of way about it. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a, he's a pretty interesting character. He's definitely into lots of weird shit. And I think he didn't want that kind of scrutiny placed on him from what it sounded like in that, the interview that I listened sure. to. So yeah, he came forward and, and said that he and some other people were behind it. And it's really interesting because this is definitely one of the first instances of an ARG. And ARGs became huge afterwards. I mean, the Blair, the marketing for the Blair Witch Project, totally something like this. Uh, mm-hmm. Cloverfield, something like this. And Matheny actually is kind of bummed about the whole thing because it became the domain for advertising. Like he feels, he's like, yeah, he's like, it kind of sucks that this thing, this this experimental way of telling a story, got co-opted by advertisers. Yeah. So he's distanced himself from it. He said, you know, he doesn't think he would go back and do something like this again. And yeah, it's also interesting. You could definitely draw some parallels between this and what's happening right now in our society. Kind of weaponized fiction is being used yeah. to to suck people into things. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. But Ang's Hat is definitely one of my all-time favorite things, even though I discovered that it is truly a hoax, which, I mean, most of the shit I like, I'm sure is a hoax, but... Right. Yeah, actually having somebody come out and say, yeah, it's all made up. Yeah, you probably could have kept it going. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, the setting is interesting because the Pine Barrens, if, for those, you know, listeners from Washington who've never been there, it's like, think about, you know parts of the wooded Pacific Northwest where miles and miles and miles of thick woods that, you know, who knows what the hell's going on back there. And you know, the Pine Barrens have like, there were parts that parts of it that were um, a part of like trade routes that had towns and the towns are now like totally abandoned yeah. and overgrown with woods. So there's like definitely weird shit going on back there that, you don't know about because it's just there's just so much if you don't know how to get around you know you're gonna miss a lot of stuff and so it's interesting what what the possibilities of what could go around what could go on around there so i'm sure that's part of why this guy like used that as a setting for yeah yeah. i mean ong's hat itself is like 
the part that you told about the hat, I mean, that part is true. Everything else was well, actually, part of the hoax. See, he did pull, I think what gave this story staying power is that he did actually pull from certain historical events. Like, I think there was actually a group of Princeton scientists who had kind of a club that met mm. down in the Pine Barrens. They would just go down there on the weekends and blow off steam. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, he definitely pulled from stuff that was real right it's just a, it's a very i mean if you've ever been around there it's just a very like rich setting for yeah it's something like this. it's eerie it it yeah it's very strange looking i mean it's got the white sandy soil you know certain areas of it there's just very little underbrush because of the the acidic soil uh you have whole forests of dwarf pines which just looks so strange if you've never seen something like that before so yeah it's definitely mm-hmm. A very creepy setting, and I've been seeing more and more people using it as a setting for for stories because it, it mm. totally is that. Yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite places on the planet. I miss it a lot. And I was actually thinking uh, maybe in the springtime about coming out to visit and hiking the Batona Trail, which is like mm. a three-day hike you could take through the heart of the Pinelands. And Ong's Hat is actually not too far away from the Batona Trail. Hmm. So if you're up for a three-day hike, we could we could knock that out. Yeah, I'll definitely see you at the end of that three-day hike. Oh, fucker. <laughs> Pick you up. Well, I, we were we were at our friends. Uh, our friends got a, a a small cabin in the Pine Barrens uh, recently, um, with plans to move there out of the city eventually. And when we went there for their housewarming, I was looking at a map. I was like, I'm pretty sure like we could be close to Ong's Hat and. It turns out we were really close to it. I didn't have the time to actually find the road that it's supposed to be near, but yeah. um, it's near Chatsworth. Maybe next I think. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where we were. We were near. So maybe they will find the egg and do some interdimensional travel. Well, unless the probability control force gets to it first. Hey, do you want to be in my interdimensional weed metal band? Okay. We're called Bong's Hat. <laughs> you stupid i can't believe you didn't see that coming no that was great thanks so yeah how do you how do you feel about ong's hat now that you know the full story well i know nothing you just told me a whole hoax so we don't know what happened there i want to know what those fucking hippie scientists were up to probably smoking weed oh tons of weed tons of shitty weed Well, that was pretty, uh, I, I mean, I like the story. I'd like to read this book that you're talking about because it sounds, it sounds fun. And I think definitely tying it into like, not just, you said Cloverfield, but really like a lot of stuff that, that, that person does, whose name is the guy who did Lost and Lost was like, oh yeah, really yeah. started that stuff where they were like, you know, they'd have a website for a candy bar that was like in the show. And so like these little tie-ins, like I think. Now you see it as like, uh, that's played out. But at the time it was like, whoa, this is crazy. Who's doing that? And like you said with Blair Witch Project, where it was like, yo, is this real? Who knows? I mean, I remember my cousins telling me about Blair Witch and like, yeah, I think it's like found footage of this like really fucked up thing. And I was like, what? You know, at the time nobody had really, I mean, I might be wrong, but it wasn't a popular thing. It was like pretty new concept. So yeah. And it worked. Oh yeah. Totally. 
a shit ton of money just by being like no one knew where it was coming from or what the story was or what was real and what wasn't absolutely pretty interesting stuff yeah so i yeah i i highly recommend checking the book out it's free i think you could find it on archive.org Matheny is a huge proponent of that site and of of sharing stuff for free so yeah check it out incunabula papers or ong's hat the beginning i forget which title is the best version but either way it's a short read uh i reread it on the airplane coming home from visiting you huh it's it's super fun and definitely worth digging into online there's still a ton of stuff you can find about it that is great well on that note yeah i got this egg i'm gonna jump into and jerk off in it wait what I want to go to that world without humans, dude. You know, I don't think you have I, to. I need to take matters into my own hand. No. <laughs> hey, Dennis. <sighs> what, Josh? I think that's all the time we have for this call. Yeah, I think so, too. Bye. Here we come, egg. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Best Friend Simulator. Send us an email at joshanddennis at gmail.com. That's Dennis with one N. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Friend Simulator. And thanks to Alan for the theme music. Listen to his podcast, Werewolf Ambulance, and Marveling at Marvel's Marvels. Also, thanks to Justin for the artwork. See more of his stuff at burntobuild.com. That's all the time we have for this outro. Bye. Bye.